Well, hello, I'm Amelia Myers. I'm Jason Rosenwald. And, and this, this is Married to Hollywood, Hollywood, where we break down the good, the bad, and the ugly about being married to each other and the industry. Hello, my love. Hey, honey. How are you? I'm good. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. We just had our sixth wedding anniversary <laughs> on Sunday. Our sixth wedding anniversary. I can't believe it's been six years. Seven years since we got engaged. Yeah. Seven and a half years since we got together. Since we got together. And in January, we'll have known each other for 15 for years. For 15 years. Wow. I know. It's a long time. Six Six is a, a substantial number. I mean, last year was five and we were all like, oh, my one hand, one whole hand. Six sounds... Yeah. Because seven is There's a seven-year so itch. There's so much more gravitas. Yeah, that's seven, true. Seven's when... In, seven's the... Was it most relationships don't make it to three years, but if you get past seven, you're pretty much in for the long haul. Yeah. Yeah, as long as that's you don't make any say. monumental mistakes. Huge error. Um, but yeah, happy Let's just be clear, everyone. I'm the one that would make the error. Not <laughs> but we had a really nice anniversary. Yeah. We just had a family day. Chilling Shout with out Lila. to Tatum Miranda. Tatum. Tatum Jimenez. You are wonderful. <laughs> yes, Jimenez. Um, For um, hooking us up hooking with, us up with Wally's. Wally's. We got a sitter and Jason and I got to get Wally's dressed Wales. up and go out for dinner. And it was it was delish. Delish. The ambiance was fun. the ambiance was great. The wine was great. I know. I had Our champagne. Cr- you had two glasses of champagne. I know. You got tore up. Well, she got turned. I, I did she not. I did not know. No, I'm just kidding. But I was feeling good. So then we leave, and we're just walking around Beverly Hills because yeah. you know we're never really in Beverly Hills. No, and most people who live in Los Angeles, unless they work in Beverly Hills, don't go to Beverly. Do their Hills. best to avoid. Beverly it's true. Hills. Um, but it was it's really lovely to walk down, and there was this gate that looked like it was supposed to be closed that was open. <laughs> And I said to Jason, oh, what's down there? And I just turned and went down this alley. What a difference six years makes. Because if you think about it, that's pretty much how our honeymoon started. I know. And now I'm the one who's super anxious going, wait, where are you going? No, but growing up with my parents' conference with uh, dad's firm, whenever we would do a site visit, one of the first things my brothers and I would do is go exploring. Mm -hmm. And we love to just randomly find things. Mm -hmm. And so I love just seeing a door and going, what's that? And there was this cute alley back there with all these different shops and little yeah. hanging twinkly there was like lights. A custom little haberdashery that reminded us of the Kingsman. Of the Kingsman. I'm pretty sure that might be their Los Angeles headquarters. Yes. Are we, are we blowing that cover for no, isn't the Kingsman Secret uh, Serviceman? What is it called in the um what is the the American version with the the whiskey company? Oh, with the, the whiskey. liquor company. Um I don't remember. Oh, I don't there, remember. There's either. no in way the I'm sequel. gonna there's no way I'm gonna It's gonna show up in like twenty minutes and you're gonna randomly just say, That yep. was it. Yep. So then we walked further down and we were going to call for the Uber, but we walked by the Mirage Hotel, which I had never... Montage. Oh, the Montage. The Montage Hotel. I was like, I'm Mirage in Vegas. Vegas. That's Las Vegas. <laughs> the, the Montage. And I've always been curious. So we just kind of... We walked past walked the... Walked in. And half, as we're walking in, what was parked there? Car, there was a... Well, there were two Lamborghinis. <laughs> there was a, Lamber, a yellow Lamborghini. Oh, I don't know which one it was. Um... With a carbon fiber black top, and then there was the Lamborghini SUV, the new Lamborghini SUV. Right. So we're walking by. He goes, "This is a half million dollars worth of cars." And we came out, and then there was the Bentley SUV. He went, "There's another quarter million. It was just so well, much money it, in, in cars." Of, in front of Porta Vio, when we were walking down Cannon, there was over two million dollars worth of cars. Yes, you did point LA. that out. I was yeah, like, it was oh my pretty gosh, insane. it's insane. So we walk through the lobby. Jason was like, "I don't know if we can do this." I was like, "Just walk in and smile, and say hi to people." 
And so we did. <laughs> <laughs> and we walk in and... Walk in like you own the place. Exactly. Fake it to make it. And you, we walked down just to see what's going on. There was a great live musician in the hotel bar yeah, who was doing some great stuff. Great voice. Great sound. And then there was this beautiful staircase that went up. And I went, what's up there? And Jason went, we are leaving. I went, no, we're going to go up the staircase. So we went up and it was really pretty. And we took a pretty picture. And then I wanted to see a ballroom. Because um, whenever there was a piano, Ivan and I would sit down so and play. So we broke into a ballroom. We, it was open. It was. It the, was open. The doors were locked, but not closed. It wasn't closed. So Fair t- game. The door was ajar, <laughs> but game. it was intended to be shut. And the, the ceilings in there were beautiful, gorgeous. Yeah. And then we you know, got the Uber and came home. And it was... It was lovely. It was really And then my parents lovely. came in town today. And we today... Did a, we did a very adult today thing. Today was we, an insane day. I had that big audition that I've had coming up. Yeah. Um, I, I, I did pretty good. It, it sounded great. Yeah. I was told that it was absolutely beautiful, and it just feels it good was. when you go in. Well, I, I'm just I'm feeling a little rusty and out of practice because I'm just not auditioning much right now, especially in the musical theater world when it's such I mean, a classic I, I show. Can't, I can't imagine having a skill like that that I don't regularly work out because. I just don't have any skills like that. I just feel rusty, and it's one thing because I teach voice, and I was saying this to Jason a few days ago when I was prepping for this. Because I was approaching this, like I was coaching myself the way I would coach a student, which works to a degree, but I feel like I need to find for myself an actual voice teacher. Pardon me if this is Co- condescending, I but know, this, he, he's been saying this for a long time. I'd be like, I can do it. Just so that I'm not constantly in my head as teacher and student. Because student. I know what I'm supposed to do, but it can be hard to pull it out of myself <laughs> the way I can get it out of other people. Um so I, I walk in and it just felt good because the nerves hit right as you're walking in and they're so nice over there. And the first few lines, I could feel, the voice sounded fine, but I could feel that my v- body was stiff. And then it sounds so cheesy, but this this big note reverberated off the wall. The acoustics in there were really good. And then I just went, oh, right, I know how to do this. And I just full on <laughs> went into it. It just, it just took a minute of a little out of practice mom mode right i'm in actor mode right now i'm also in musical theater audition world right now it's just it's a whole thing um but i did it it was fun and then i met jason and lila and his parents at a townhouse a perspective place to buy in Um, tarzana in tarzana for those of you that don't live in los angeles that is tarzana is really far away away from most of the (laughs) stuff we do on a regular basis in tarzana or in los angeles however but however it would be a 15 minute it'd be closer closer for you commute wise just because of the way the freeways are yeah the way that los angeles (laughs) is shaped yeah which is crazy um and we're we're grappling this thing of do we want to go that far out I no. mean, the thing is, it's like trying. It was over we don't want degrees. to. It's a it's matter of hot in the we valley. need to get into the we need to get into the housing market. Are we? I'm, I'd be curious for the people to listen regularly. Like, what's your opinion? Do you think that we're duping ourselves into getting tied down by owning property? I personally think we should be owning property. I mean, I feel like honestly, had we been in the position to, we should have when we first got married. Yeah, it's so valuable. Um, just yeah, there's all the student loan debt we've had to get rid of. Though. Exactly. But we have been, we're going to high five right now. High five. We've been working oh, so hard at it. There's, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's just time. Rents are getting astronomically insane. And yeah. we're just, you know, we're starting to look. So we went and, uh, thank you, Manders, Manageris for finding this property. And now we just kind of have to weigh the pros and cons and see if it really makes sense to truly do stuff because... It's a one. It's a big decision. Yeah, yeah. Two. 
and it's one thing I keep having to wrap my mind around, it's the starter home, not the home. But since we're buying and it's a little bit later in life than when we originally thought we'd buy, there is that thing of but buying a starter home now. It does a weird Meh. thing in my mind. I feel you. I, you know? I feel what you're saying. My, my logic about all of that is kind of like um, each generation has pushed having kids a little bit later and a yeah. little bit later in their lives. Yeah. So you're a parent at whatever age you're, you become a parent. You're buying a home at whatever age you can buy a home. There is no should anymore as far as what society... <laughs> well, there never should have well, been. Well, no, there <laughs> never should have been, but there is that... Which is there was that societal statement. pressure <laughs> of... Is it ironic? The, uh, you know, you're married at... 18. I was going to say 25. First baby at 27. Buying your first house with the white picket fence with two and a half kids by 30. In just where you thought you'd be career and financial wise by then. And, oh, yeah. I mean, we'd love all of those things. You know... So we, we have to think about it because there were things about it I liked, but I don't know if I like it enough to see if this is something worth doing. However, the price point for it, for the quality yeah. of what it was, ex- we're not going to find something better yeah. than that. And if we don't get it on it now, those we're comps gonna lose will go it. up. Right. 100%. It's, so a hard, that, it's, it's a hard, tricky. Yeah, no doubt. It's tricky. And then we all went out to dinner. Well, late lunch, early dinner? It was, it was an early, an early <laughs> dinner. Five. We sat down at the table at five. Oh, Pardon. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, uh, supper. Supper. We had supper. We had supper at Hugo's in, uh, in, the valley. in the valley. And Lila sat in her high chair. And for the first time, we ordered something off the kids' menu Which for she her. she ate like an eighth of. Well, she, she was more interested in my plate. Even though. Even though it was very similar. Yeah. She was just like, I want mom's. Um, but there was mashed potatoes and vegetables and chicken. And yeah. It was very, very cool. Um, and then we came back and did. Bath and put her to bed and got to hang out with Jason's parents for a little bit. And I went to the gym and now we're doing this. And now we're doing this. So it's a been full a day. full day. I'm and and I had my first call. Um, with yes, <laughs> talk about this, please. I'm really excited um, for you. Yeah, so I'm uh, joining a network marketing company. Whoop, whoop. Um, Thank you, Amber. Called Maseo. And uh, they focus on organic health and wellness supplements. Uh, they're all, except for the fish oil, all vegan, all right, non-GMO. Right, right. Um, ethically sourced and yeah so I'm um, building a business around making sure that people can stay healthy which is pretty cool for me because I have spent so much of my time focused on the gym yeah that if I can build a business that is even if it's part-time or full-time that is supplemental but it's income, in the world of it's in the world of something that I care about yeah um, not that I don't care about fashion but um, I'm a little bit more passionate about how people take care of themselves yeah so you'll probably hear me plug that from time to time on yeah, here. Yeah, check it out, you guys. If you're interested in learning more about it, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> it's, um, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. I'm excited to try some of the stuff. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Yeah, I'm excited for it because uh, our friend Amber Reed got us, got us um, hooked up with it. And we're already really close with Amber because our kids are super close because of Mommy and Me. So Amber's, and Amber's son Braxton is... is oh. Little what? is Lila's boyfriend. We, One of Lila's little boyfriends. Uh, the little boyfriend. Oh, I mean, me. like th- from the time they were itty bitty, they would find each other and hold hands. This is true. And this is true. Well, we were there just just the other day. She was chasing. He was chasing her. He was chasing her around and, and kept kneeling down and kissing her. Him in the face. And then I was going through my text with Amber and found a video when they were six months old in Mommy and Me, and they're just. Holding hands and looking at each other. It's just, it's so it's cute. Very cute. Um, so I'm excited for Jason to Braxton start this venture. Braxton just turned one. Happy, Happy birthday, Braxton. Happy birthday, Braxton. Happy birthday, Jensen, as yeah. well. Um, 
one for something for Jason to be passionate about. And I know one thing he's always talked about is possibly becoming a personal trainer and really getting into that world. And he yeah. loves that. And this is a great way in. And to be doing it with Amber, someone we really yeah. love and trust is... It's really fun. It's, it's really be cool. cool. I'm excited for It's an for exciting you. process. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we wanted to, this week, kind of touch on the notion of like... We, I know in the past we've talked about changing ourselves. But off the health and wellness thing... What are what are some of your opinions? What are some of the the world's opinions on plastic surgery when it comes to um, being a couple and being a couple in the industry? So, Amelia, <laughs> um, this is an interesting. It's a dangerous topic. It's a very dangerous topic, but we're going to be open books and we're just going to talk gonna be open about books. it. One of the things that I think will be difficult for us is to. Um, ride the fine line of talking about it openly and not outing any of our friends that might have. Oh, I meant more towards like you yeah, and me being no, open I, books no, on no, it. No, no, I know. But but the thing is, it's like, you know, sometimes when you talk about yourself, you end up talking in comparison to others. No, that's true. And that's one of the, anytime we have a conversation about this, when like everyone's medical history is their own business. Yes. Any, any choices somebody makes for themselves is their own business. Totally, yeah. So... For those of our friends that have had any kind of elective surgery or needed <laughs> or needed corrective cosmetic surgery, please do not feel in any way judged. I love that or you're putting a disclaimer. No, this has nothing to do as far as an opinion yeah. or of what we think of. This anything is the like opinion we have. This of is ourselves. for us. That's a actually. I'm glad you said that. That is very because true. I don't. That is very the, true. The last thing I would ever want is anybody to hear this and think that we're not coming from a place of love. We're just talking about this with regards to our relationship. The way how we feel for ourselves. And then and how Hollywood makes us feel like we yes, need to be. Yes. That being said. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I have a good thought. <laughs> um, I, had, I just had a bunch of caffeine, so I'm, you I'm ready to go. You did. <laughs> You're ready to go. Um, I, as a woman. Yes. Um... What are, you are the female <laughs> in this heteronormative relationship. Um, what what are your opinions about plastic Did you surgery? Get a bug bite? Yes. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> what are your opinions about plastic surgery writ large mm-hmm. and for yourself? Okay, this is a really interesting. It feels really taboo. One, yes, it does feel in a way taboo for sure. Two. For myself personally, from the time I was young, I always swore to myself I would never go under the knife. I would never alter myself what, in any way. What what created that opinion? There is something about the notion of just being all natural, aging gracefully, being comfortable. It was like a confidence thing of being comfort- comfortable in your own skin, being grateful and thankful for what and who you are and what you've been given mm-hmm. genetically and, and all these things. Um, and then and then society came into play and it became a right and wrong thing in my head. That does not mean no, you're, it's you're, right But you're a person wrong. who likes rules. so Yes, and it became this thing of like, no, that's wrong. You can't do that. It's wrong. And then my mom, when I was 11, she went, this is the Clinique three-step system. And so from the time I was young, I've been very careful about taking care of my skin and my face. And Yeah, and I mean, you look super young for your age. Oh, thanks. And that's, you know, my mom. And, and she learned it from her mom. And it's just something that you do. You take care of your skin and you take care of yourself. And you want to yeah. present the best version of yourself in that regard. And, and I was like, great. 
then as I got a little a older, lady's, a lady's secret weapon, if she has luxury of it, is her her looks definitely. Yeah, if not, uh, yeah. if not her first weapon, which is a weird societal thing we can talk about on a different on another, pod. Yeah, uh, don't hate me for saying that out loud. <laughs> it's just a thought that came, the thought that came out, out of my mouth. I'm and sorry. I stayed on Clinique for years. Stayed on Clinique. I did. It sounds like a street drug. I stay, then I did Clinique, man. You know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> And then about five years ago, I decided it was time to go up to the next uh, level. And I was playing with uh, several different products and um, wound up settling on Arbonne after trying some other things and wanted the more natural, vegan, you know, all of that. But it never really went into my mind of, oh, look at this, I'm getting older. Should I actually, you know, consider Botox? Or that? When people around me left and right, I don't just mean people who who we know or anything like that, just in general, yeah, no, especially it's like a generational in this thing. industry. It's like, it's like women once they hit 25 who in LA. Who starts Botox? Start Botox. And who starts yeah. little nips and tucks as these preventative things? And I was like, wait, sure. these guys are doing it too and those people are doing it too and those guys are doing it too? It was this thing of, whoa, okay. Yeah. I, am That's I the minority the in this town and in this industry for <laughs> not? And then I was like, I think what so. am I doing? I feel good. It's fine. I'm still not gonna do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna be true to me. No, it's fine. And then you went to the dermatologist. Well, no. <laughs> then I had that headshot shoot when I turned thirty, hmm. and that makeup artist said to the woman in the chair right before me about the Botox and this whole thing. She goes, "Oh yeah, blah blah." She goes, "Oh yeah, no. In this town, the second you turn thirty, you have to start, or it's all over." And I had just turned thirty, and I it ruined this. that whole that whole headshot session. The pictures aren't great because my mind is not Present. where it should be. And I was so mad at myself for letting that comment get under my skin because I had just turned 30. Oh, baby, you're being human. I know, but I was really, it hit me. And some of those pictures are fine, but some of it, it was like I started seeing stuff. And then, you know, being a new parent. We should go back through that headshot session at some point and just go. Some of them are good. (laughs) Some of them are good. Um, You get no sleep as a parent. That can age you. Yeah. You know, things happen. And I have noticed in the last year I've got some laugh lines or when I raise my eyebrow, you know, my my little forehead has little lines in my eyes and I'm just seeing things going, whoa. You earned all those. The what? You earned all those. I earned them. They- no, and part of me likes that. It's like, yeah, this is my face and who I am now and life and all these things. And then there's the industry part of you must look flawless and not show any wrinkles and do all this, these things. So I was at the dermatologist the other day for a yearly... <laughs> I hadn't been in a few many, years. Many, many, many years, but you're supposed to do your yearly body scan just to make sure everything's fine. And they said, You know, any other questions while you're here? <laughs> I said, Actually, yes. And I feel kind of embarrassed and ashamed. I even said that to ask this, but they said, Yes. And then I prefaced by going, And I don't want to do Botox, but. And the doctor kind of looked at me and cracked a smile, and the assistant kind of cracked a smile at me. They went, Okay. I said, But I am starting to notice little... Some fine lines. Fine lines, crow's feet, you know, little spots, little small little things. What an unfortunate name for something. Crow's Crow's feet. feet. I know. Because, yes, it's very evocative of what it looks like, but at the same time, (laughs) that's such an unattractive way of referring to it. It's so true. It's so true. it's like, okay, cool. This is us putting a standard of beauty on you. Enjoy it. Enjoy. Um, and they talked about, you know, skincare lines. They asked what I do. And I mentioned I always do SPF and I have this seven-step program. And they're like, oh, so you do a lot of stuff. And then they were very sweet and said, you don't look like you're turning 35. And I said, well, thank you. Um, you're turning 35? 
I am. What? And they talked about all the these different skincare lines you can try and this, that, but they're so expensive and it's just it's prohibitively ex- expensive yeah, to be course. able to to do. And then the doctor left and the nurse assistant who was there looked at me and went, "Can I ask you a question?" I said, "Sure." She goes, "Why don't you want to do Botox?" And I said, "Well, I don't want my face to look frozen. I don't want to not look like me." And you know, and she was saying how there are these different degrees and levels and all that. And I started thinking in my mind, am I actually going to do this at some point? You might. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I felt so hypocritical for even thinking about it because in my mind, I said so long ago, I would not do plastic surgery or Botox or anything like that. And now it's this whole thing of, I don't know. And then Jason said something beautiful to me last night about it. Oh, like I'm going to remember this. <laughs> of it's about not trying to stay looking young. Don't try to forever look 25. But if you need to do something to look in the mirror and go, there you are, there's Amelia, and feeling good, then it's it's worth it. But he just said it in this beautiful way of well, it's not about trying to chase youth. It's about making th- you feel good about where I, you are in life. I also think that you're toward toward any kind of corrective or elective plastic surgery situation you're coming from a unique place of at least in part that being confident in how you look being confident in your body yes you've got your just the same hang-ups everyone has everyone has some body hang-ups but no i've been i think largely you come from a place of confidence i think that if someone's seeking confidence in themselves from plastic surgery it's a dangerous situation. I do think it's, that it's dangerous. one thing if you're like, you know what? Um, I've, I've always got this, like, I've got this little thing I want to get fixed. It's like, I've got this little, like, little nub on the end of my nose that I've had since I was like 20, 20, 21. Um, yeah. That I've been, uh, I need to get a dermatologist to look at. And I've been like, maybe I just get that cleared up, um, taken yeah. off. And I was like, get that got me thinking. Um, there, and there are some, um, uh, let's say, very prodigiously productive actors in Hollywood that have had some plastic surgery that are men. Uh, one of them may or may not have come from professional wrestling and had a movie <laughs> that opened on August 2nd. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so I've, I'm really curious about, uh, and I hear ads for it all the time on ESPN radios, <laughs> um, for cool sculpting. You've been talking about that for a long time. I know, right? And it's because there's actually nothing um, technically invasive about it, and your body processes it and gets rid of it. It's not like liposuction. It's akin to, but different. And like, I'm always very curious, because I'm also curious about the science of it in the nerdy way. Yeah. But like, there's these little love handly spots on me, and I'm very short-waisted. Like, the distance between my, my hip to my rib cage is short. <laughs> so the fact that... Um, I have these little love handles. Like to get rid of them, I would have to put on so much mass of muscle to fill out that skin, to eat up that fat, and get rid of and burn that fat. Mm. Or I'd have to get gaunt. There's like I can't. Oh, odd. Because you remember I was like 155, and I was. Yeah, when we started paleo, and all of a sudden, yeah, I, and I it was like fell sh- off you. I was shredded. I lost. <laughs> I, was like, tw- I lost twenty five pounds. I didn't know in six you had weeks. twenty pounds to lose. And I could go back to eating that, which is unsustainable. No, 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 no. no. I, I, no when we had to do the ninety day, cleanse. I mean, if we have to do a, a hard reset health wise, that's different. But like but for me, I'm I'm like oh, I'm e- like I'm going I'm aging into 
uh, a certain... I'm aging into a place that I believe as a leading man, seeing myself as a leading man, I need to start trying to compete, not with... Because there's no way I'm competing with people like Patrick Schwarzenegger, who are in their early, mid-20s, who are genetically predisposed to being right. ridiculous in ridiculous health. And then on top of that, have the baseline health and physique that they can put on weight and lose weight, or put on weight and lose weight. I was a chubby kid. I was fat for a period of my life, and I actually mean that not in the judgment of people that are overweight, but I was unhealthy. I was 230 pounds, 36-inch waist, I'm 5'10". Neither of those things on my frame were healthy. Yeah. And I lost all the weight, and um, I'm generally maintained a relatively good weight, but I still have this like little dysmorphic body image issue. Yeah. And I think that, to me, I'm like, oh, you know what to just fix that? Cool sculpting. And then I think to myself, nah, I don't know if that'll actually like, fix what? that. <laughs> I'm, I'm scared of it because I'm because yeah. like it's the same reason I haven't gotten a tattoo yet. It's because yeah. like I'm like if I got one tattoo, I'm gonna get You're gonna a get million tattoos. And get I'm gonna covered. I'm gonna be the I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be the preppiest kid with face tattoos you've ever seen. Oh my god! <laughs> like, but no, like we talk about things like Botox or you know any other kind of uh, cool sculpting. Or, I've even, talk, why I've, I've so even thought about like HGH because like I'm not like going to compete in a oh. in like an Olympic. I'm not going to be competing in any any um, sanctioned lifting competitions. So you think now? I don't think so. I, and I don't think <laughs> I'm going to be competing in any like um, regulated sports. So like to me, I'm like, oh cool, HGH, great. I'll uh, get a testosterone boost. I'll you know, boom, boom, boom. I'll do all these cool <laughs> things, and it's like that's not. There's no shortcuts. And I think that's... There I are think, no shortcuts. I think and things that's like the important liposuction, thing ab- cool sculpting. About plastic surgery. Plastics is that in general. Is that if you're looking for a shortcut towards something, this is a rabbit hole. Yeah. And when I think about actors that have had plastic surgery that no longer look like themselves, and like this is not... A, right. Like this is not a judgment of people that have, but like you talk about actors that age gracefully, who do you mean? Helen Mirren. And you're 100% certain she hasn't had work done? I mean, who does, who who knows, but... She doesn't look it. She, she, she doesn't look it. She's done it tastefully enough. She hasn't traced youth. She's just slowed aging. I mean, I honestly have no idea if she has or if she hasn't. I'd assume she hadn't, but I mean, I honestly I w- don't know. I would assume, just based on the fact that she's a woman in our industry, she has. That she has at some point. And is this odd thing of... So, like, we're talking... Cool sculpt, liposuction, all these different uh, Botox. But there are certain things people do to alter their looks all the time that aren't taboo. People get braces. People straighten their teeth. People, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. like, oh yeah, and everybody does that. Like that's not even a. So what's the difference per se between something straightening your teeth versus something like your cool sculpt, like you're saying, or there's like a juvederm or there's Botox an association or nose of job, boob job, super, like su- a superficial kind of like, um, shallowness. There's a vapid, yes. there's a vapidity. Is that a word? Vapidness. Vapidness. Vapidity. I like vapidity. I don't it's, know if that's if it's word. Not a, I mean, it's parts of speech <laughs> that make a word. I don't know that it I don't is know if a it's word. actually a word, but it's just, it's interesting to think that is why certain things are not taboo. It's just completely the social norm versus other things where it's, oh, she had a boob job or check out that nose job. Or she doesn't look like herself or look at it. Just, and it's so strange. Well, both, both of us have broken noses. We do. 
And that's you, true. Unless you really had, had, if I ever were to, I mean, not at this point anymore, but I for a long time, if I ever did something, it would just be to fix the bump from the broken nose and deviated septum that resulted in that, which is a legit thing to have the deviated septum. But then in my mind, one reason I never did was, oh God, people are going to think I had a nose job. And in my mind, I made it a negative thing yeah. and I never did it. Yeah. I think we, one of the problems with um, being so committed to this industry is we preoccupy ourselves with how we're going to be perceived because a large portion of how we aim to make our income is on how we look and how people perceive us based on our looks. Yeah. And real healthy guys, real it's healthy. so healthy. <laughs> um, and one of the problems with, with that is that we're trying to chase some kind of standard, whether that be um, a Western white standard of beauty, whether that be an unattainable, like, Magazine cover. The A-list. Yeah, there's there's not. Star. There's not. I think the most important thing is to be comfortable in your skin and looking at your skin going, you know what would make me more comfortable being me? Being me like this. Right. Being this best version of myself. But also that best version, I think that like, I think um, just like how marriage should come with um, marriage counseling, mm-hmm. I think if you if you decide to get elective plastic surgery, I think it should come with therapy. Not like, Ooh, not like therapy, not therapy to stop you from getting it. It's elective surgery. Do what you want. No, do what you want. But afterward, just following up going like, Hey, um, you feeling confident? You feeling good about feel that? Good? You'd like, not like, Hey, you feel good about that choice, but are you, are you feeling like you did enough? Do you feel mm. like you're you? Mm, interesting. Because I feel like a lot of people get addicted to it in the same way they get addicted to it. Tattoos. And then they do thing after thing after thing after thing. Yeah, and then there's all of TV sudden, shows about it. There are. They're actually kind of fun to watch. Really fun to watch. They are. And then on another aspect of it as far as societal acceptance versus not when it comes to this, if a woman is faced with breast cancer and needs a mastectomy or a double mastectomy, for her to then have a boob job, it it almost comes second nature of, well, you'll have the mastectomy and then of course you're going to do the reconstructive surgery so that you have your, your breasts back and this femininity and, and you versus if someone just has something with their breasts that they're not a fan of, or something did happen and there was a trauma in there, there is something that's Or something as simple as your breastfeeding and your breasts have changed shape. That's not even why I brought this up just now, but yes, that's absolutely no, I feel true. Like that's in your subconscious, absolutely right there. true. There's this taboo, nasty thing of like, oh, a boob job versus someone who's like, no, let's give her her femininity back, and if she's getting them cut off, well, you have to put them back on. One, there's it's a, this whole there's bizarre a, thing. One, there's a let's loaded that as a society we associate femininity, femininity with, boobs. with breasts. I understand that, like we do that because they're nurturing and we get. Our First food in life from breasts, which comes from our mother. I think all the progression that's happened in gender norms and understanding what actually and how one defines themselves as a woman. Yeah. Um, Even something as long versus short hair. What did I say to you when I cut my hair short a few years ago? Even as sassy and as fun as it was. You didn't feel like a woman? I didn't feel sexy. I lost my, my, I didn't feel like my womanly, sexy. And some people were like, this is the best look on you ever. And I just didn't feel feel right and it's something silly like hair can yeah. you imagine breasts either being taken away because of a sickness or like you just said right now with breastfeeding and, and everything that's going on 
they are two completely different sizes right now, and that's just something I have never really dealt do with you, before, do you and think, it's really strange. Do you think if whatever plastic shirt, do you think your category would change? Like your type? I hadn't thought about that. That's one of those interesting things to think about. Like, I mean, if I ever did anything to my breast, it would just to, I wouldn't want implants. I would just want them after I'd nurse as many children as I'd nurse. If they don't, not necessarily, if they don't <laughs> bounce back the way, <laughs> you know, li- lift them. But you don't need implants for lifts. Sure, you don't need a breast implant for lifts, but no. you might want them evened out. Well, hey, hey, you two on my chest, just even back out when I'm done breastfeeding, and then we're <laughs> we'll be good. But I just, I, so like a few episodes back, it's probably been a while now. We talked about things we change about each other. Yeah, I think that this is one of the few things where it's like this is what the industry changes about us. Mm. Is that we look at ourselves through this prism of we need to be perfect, perfect. But the irony is that what we there's w- no uniqueness in perfect. And, and you have to be and, true and, to who you are. And people don't like perfect. No. When you go to a theater, you want to see raw. The phenomenal actor isn't always the beauty queen or the Adonis, you know. But it's, even it's, then, even though when you see an Adonis, you want to see them bleeding. Oh, yeah. You want to see them broken. When you see that beautiful girl, I mean, look at the entire horror film genre. Mm-hmm. These beautiful girls. With very large breasts. Most of the time. But... <laughs> But we want to see them, like, travailing through the worst. And I think one of the most important things that I take away from this notion and this thought about plastic surgery is making yourself feel confident enough that you're not, like, where you're at, you're comfortable being imperfect. And I think that's one of the constant lessons that I learn about myself when I'm in class, when I... And at auditions is that freedom to fail, that freedom to yeah. be to be human, to be imperfect. And I don't think that the goal of plastic surgery, if you were to have it, or if I were to have it, should be to attain perfection, but it should be to attain freedom. I like the way you worded that. Because a lot of people do it to strive to reach perfection. There's no perfect. to fit into but there isn't. Exactly. But a lot of people don't yeah, realize that, that or society, well, or, and especially this industry has implemented yeah, that and it just... You got a goal. Right. <laughs> I don't know what that goal is because the goalpost keeps moving. <laughs> yeah. But it is an odd thing to think about, especially as you start to age in Yeah, this we're town. aging up. We are, we are truly starting. <laughs> getting old. I know, man. You'll always be older, though. Uh, it's because I married a younger man, yo. You're a cougar. <laughs> um, so... I think, we talked about this topic, I think about it from the perspective of marriage, um, romantically, not the industry. And uh, Amelia was like, just talking, thinking about it from, from, the, pers- the, industry. from the industry side. And we were like, ooh, let's explore and that the, more. And the reason why I came to it from the relationship side is, as a husband, it's my responsibility, or any spouse or any partner's responsibility to make their other, their partner, feel um, supported as best they can whenever they can in my opinion, so that they know that if they're in judgment of themselves, their spouse is going to support them to the point at which they're, like, will not allow them to self-harm, will not allow them to be unfairly judgmental. 
Like if you're in a period of self-reflection and you, you're in a period of wanting to create change in yourself, who am I to tell you no? I should support that as yeah, your spouse. Yeah. But at the same time, I should also say, I should also be available to question that and say, hey, are you trying to make this change because of some outside force or are you trying to make it because there's some internal force inside of you that's really pulling you toward it? And if that's the case, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's address that. Let's you know, let's really flesh that out because I don't want, particularly something like plastic surgery, um, even something as superficial as like dyeing your hair, like in this town, if you make that drastic of a move, mm-hmm. that can change how throngs of people see you. That can change your type. Yeah. Oh, instantly changing your hair and yeah, color but, and but for sure. In a marriage, I think it's like for me, I'm like, well, I don't want I don't want you to do something that you think you're doing cuz you think I want something. That's my mm, biggest concern is mm-hmm, that there's some mm-hmm. part of your head that's like, oh, I used to be this when we were younger. I want to be that and again. And I want to be that him. to be desirable for him. Oh, interesting. And if I've done, if that's how you're at at any point in a relationship, I'm failing as a partner because I'm not letting you know on a regular enough basis I love you where you're at. You're perfect where you are. There we go with perfection again. But but your flaws, your, your perfection and your imperfection is fine right where it is. Yeah. Day to day. You know, blue, sad, sneezy, congested. However, I can get you. How many dwarves are there? I was gonna there? say you gotta get happy. Doc. Doc. Grumpy. <laughs> yep, grumpy. Dopey. You're definitely doctor. You're definitely a doctor from time to time for me. That's <laughs> true. No, that's that's really well put though, because it's there is that thing of aging in a marriage, where as opposed to in the industry, where you go, oh gosh, does my spouse still find me desirable, or are they gonna drop me and go for the quote younger model? You know, that that is turn you in, right? Tra- trade you in for the, the younger model. It's a low mileage lease. <laughs> this has not been this has not been a low mileage lease. I was actually just watching um, John Mulaney's stand up from 2015, uh, The Comeback Kid, and he makes he tears apart the old adage. Um, why would you buy the milk when you get the uh, Why would you buy the cow yeah, when you, you get, get the, the milk, milk for, for free? free? And he was like. That's horrible. Let's not even unpack the fact that it's anti-feminist and really mean. But let's just talk about why one would would buy the cow when they're getting the milk for free. Maybe it's because every time you go to another cow sale, a wedding, <laughs> your cow is looking at you going, <clears throat> time to maybe buy me. <laughs> and, and it's like this really great story joke um, that John Mulaney does perfectly and it made me realize like wow that's i don't the standard of beauty for guys is different and yes there's this whole like adonis complex thing that's happened recently but it's not even nearly as pervasive as it is for women no it's not still and so true i just think that we're i'm lucky that i'm married to you because you I'm lucky I'm married to you. Well, because you encourage me to be confident where I'm at, even when I'm telling you, no, I need to change this. I know. You're you're yeah. being great. You're being sweet. But Aww. no. <laughs> but no. Uh, going with what you just said, um, Paul Newman. It was Paul Newman, wasn't it? Yeah. He rarely, rarely would talk about his personal life. In fact, he never really did. But he did say that one time. 
even prefacing saying, I don't talk about my personal life, but why would I go out for a hamburger when I have steak at home? And I just thought it was just the way he spoke about her was so beautiful. And they're in the industry. And it's this thing of it's whenever we see a couple long term in this town, one, it gives us hope. Two, we just kind of go, yep, that's going to be us. We're going to be one of these power couples in Hollywood that just lasts forever through the ups and the downs and whatever we do, plastic surgery or, or not. But we just wanted to talk about why is it so taboo and what are these different levels of it? And to anyone who's listening, I'm so glad you said it before. We don't mean to offend anybody. This is just kind of how so we feel about it. It's weird that I feel it. like this is the only topic I've had to be concerned about offending people. Because there, there is a very sensitive oh, thing. There is, there is one thing before oh, we move on that I realized that we talk about. And so, yeah, um, one of the things we talk about in acting class at the Anthony Gilardi Acting Studio is um, <laughs> <laughs> is when you're uh, doing a different character, um, doing something like changing your underwear, changing your socks, changing the closest thing to your skin, because it's going to change how you feel, how you walk, how you move. And different characters are going to have different things. For me, when I do different characters in class, I actually try to wear a different cologne than I wear on a regular basis because I smell uh, differently. And for me, uh-huh. different smells evoke different emotions, different thoughts, you know, go to the whole factory and all that it's fun mumbo jumbo. But um, I would be so curious if one were to get plastic surgery and then you're like, oh my God, I can't do these characters anymore. I don't feel you them. don't feel it. Ooh. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> That's true. Well, you know, teach their own and life and Hollywood and love. and <laughs> it's, it's an odd thing to Sorry. try to... It's a great summary. It's a hard, it's a hard thing. To, it's a hard thing to summarize. There's there's so much to be said, but you got to stay true to you and who you are, and do what makes you feel feel good. And and yeah, then I guess you know. Thank you all for coming. Yeah, thank you, sir. <laughs> I'm Amelia Myers. I'm Jason Rosewell. And, and this, this has been, been Married, Married to Hollywood. Hollywood. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.